Welcome to the Courage 1000 Project, where each week we bring you inspiring stories from courageous individuals about the moments and experiences that have shaped their lives. I'm your host, Melies the Story Collector, author, speaker, trainer, facilitator, videographer, award-winning photographer and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help deep-feeling women reclaim their confidence, joy and purpose in life from a world that overwhelms their hearts, minds and souls. And this journey... It starts with courage. You see, after a lifelong struggle with my own identity, I discovered the core principle to reclaiming your life was courage. And it made me curious. Were there others like me? Were there others who had reclaimed their life through the secret of courage? What was courage for them? What did it look like? And where were their stories? And with that, the Courage 1000 Project was born. We're digging up the archives and bringing to you season one of the Courage 1000 project. Originally a web TV show and now available across all your favorite platforms. Let's get into it. Welcome to Melias the Story Collector Web TV, where each week we bring you inspiring stories from courageous individuals about the moments and experiences that have shaped their lives. In this episode, we get to talk with the gorgeous Melinda and we go really deep into what is courage and how she has used that word, that heart, to overcome some really difficult moments in her life. I feel that we as women... We are brave for everyone else. If you want to stop a robber, put a mother in between the robber and a child. We will do things. We will make a lion sit down if it's about someone we love. But sometimes for us, we tend to hold back and we're not courageous for ourselves. And I really like the idea of embracing our own courage for us and sharing it and encouraging other women to be brave and courageous. And we can all get literary, you know, courage is from the core, which is from the heart. But that's women. All women are about the heart. We lead with the heart. We think with the heart. We live with our heart. Oh, that is just beautiful. No wonder I love you so much. You've just said everything I love in that like, one little section. <laughs> Where does your story start then? Where did you first discover this courage within your side yourself? I don't know. You know, you start, it's a wonderful exercise to sit there and think about what have you been courageous about? Too often we think about everything we were afraid to do, but there are a lot of things we were brave and did, and yet we don't celebrate those, and we don't recognize those. We tend to white knuckle, and then when it's said and done, we don't, we don't celebrate it. And I like to think about, you know, the first time you drove somewhere. That's a big thing, but everybody's like, well, of course you did, or the first time you took you went on a job interview that's a big thing and you did it and we were brave every day in little ways but we don't think about it and sort of put it in our our book of important things and 
I've done some crazy things that I didn't think were courageous, but in hindsight, I guess they probably were. I entered a um, competition for at a concert, um, a Carmen Miranda contest at the Hollywood Bowl. And I had a large group of friends joining me for my birthday and ended up winning it. Congratulations. I never thought it was brave. I just thought it was a crazy fun thing to do. Yeah. But in hindsight, I guess that actually was sort of brave. Yeah. Thank heavens for all those friends. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we go through ordeals that we don't know we can rise to. Anyone who's ever cared for an ailing parent, that is the ultimate act of courage. You let go of yourself for something greater and more noble while giving your parent their dignity at a time when they may be childlike. Yeah, that is that to me is such an amazing act of courage and, and bravery that goes unnoticed every day and should be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And I've had conversations with people lately where we're talking exactly about that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, you've got to put so much of yourself into it and at the same time put your own feelings aside. And that's a huge act of heart. Mm-hmm. So when I started thinking about being brave, I started looking at, as being a little bit more seasoned than you, I had a couple of things in my life all suddenly implode upon one another. It happens uh, at once, doesn't it? (laughs) And I, I like to think I thought everything was just sort of sailing along and it was all fine. And, of course, people go, well, didn't you see anything? Well, of course there were things going on, but you don't think it's anything. And I I have worked in my family's publishing business. When my father passed, I I fully took control of it. And I've done this my entire life. I'm easy. I'm good at it. I don't have to think twice. And all of a sudden, I looked at it, and it wasn't fulfilling me. And I realized for me to take it to the next place, then I would have to reinvent it. Mm, That takes a big act of courage. And here's the scarier part. I didn't know that I wanted to. Ooh, that's a good point to raise. How did you get over that part? I had to look at it as it was. I had to accept that where we had been technologically cutting edge, the cutting edge caught up to us. Mm. And that things had changed in so many different arenas that I had to respect it. And I had to look at, would this take care of me or would it take me down? You can spend a lot of energy on something that can't be resurrected. And the business is still going. I'm looking at some other things, but it's no longer my passion. Yeah. And that's 
a very hard remark to make because when you've been in a family business and the founder, when your parents are no longer here, it's a last tie to them. Mm, yeah. So it's not only a professional, it's a personal and an emotional link. So, so I'll go on. So how do you deal with that then? You get really quiet and you get really real. Mm. And I suppose it also helps at the same time that I had a long time relationship shift in directions and a possible future I thought could be there wasn't. And we're still, you can't be with someone in your life forever and then just say goodbye, arrivederci. And we're still close, but where life was going didn't. And at the same time, I had a family member have a significant health issue. Wow. So you had a lot on your plate while all this was happening. And in some ways, it's almost easier because it's like in um, the military, you triage. What is essential? Yeah. And to my way of thinking, well, family is essential. So that became my focus to take care of that. Yeah. And everything else would fall into place. And in doing this, I had to sit there and take a look at what were my hopes and dreams and how had I let them go? Mm. That's big. That's really big. You know, when we're little kids, we have a million questions every morning. And by third grade, we have driven every teacher out of the room. And parents. And, <laughs> and parents. And by high school, we don't ask as many questions because we've sort of been shushed. Mm. And by the time we leave school, we don't ask many questions because we don't want them to think we don't know what we're doing. And by the time we're really fully in our lives, the only thing we're asking is what am I wearing to work tomorrow? And we're not asking the questions to nourish and sustain ourselves. And I found I had to pull out some questions and start talking to myself and asking what is it that I wanted to do? And yes, it was scary. And yes, there was a big part of me that wanted somebody else to come along and make it all better. But the unfortunate thing is that's how a lot of us got into these places is somebody came along and said, oh, you would be great as a teacher, as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a pharmacist. And they gave us all these directions that they thought would be good, safe jobs. But it wasn't what our heart ever wanted to do, but we did it because we thought it would be good. And that's the key word, isn't it? Safe. They did it to keep you safe, but that's mm -hmm. not necessarily what is for your growth, is best for your growth, for you. I had been doing sort of a meditation on risk, and we all think risk is terrible and we're risk averse, and yet every morning we get up, from the moment we start, the day is full of risk. Yeah. The most dangerous place in your home is your bathroom. Actually, the most dangerous place in the world is your bathroom. And 
life is full of risk. Life is full of someone's not going to respond to you or, you know, you put your report in and no one likes it. But life is full of little risks, but we act as if every risk is life altering. And that's part of courage, isn't it? It's For me, courage is about living your life because it takes courage to wake up every morning and just face the day. That's huge. And everything that comes into the day, and most of what comes into our days isn't that awful. But we act as if, you know, there's a... I don't know, a wild kraken has been released from the local zoo and they found our address. <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> but it's true. It's like they're going to come and get us. Well, well, they have to find a parking space first, so we're safe. <laughs> so if we go back to your story then, you've gotten to this point where your whole life has imploded. You're asking yourself the big questions. What happened next? I'm so very, very thankful that a good friend of mine said, I think it'd be really nice if you spoke with someone I know. And she's all about building your dreams again, reconnecting with your dreams. And I thought, well, okay, I have nothing to lose. And I spoke with her and it turned out that it was a very structured thought leader program. And it was really hard because we get a little cynical and we get a little jaded Mm -hmm. and we go, no, it isn't just like, I'll say it'll happen. So it'll happen. And it got to me where I realized that I, I wasn't trusting that I could have what I wanted and that I'd stopped dreaming and that maybe I needed to open up some doors I'd shut without even realizing. So, Mm -hmm. I pulled out an old, old dream. My entire life I've been told I should write, which then makes it even more terrifying because if people think you're good at it, what if you aren't? (laughs) Yep, yep. And thought, okay. I worked with someone years ago and it was a terrible experience. I need to let that go. I need to try again. And worked myself to a place that I feel every one of us should get to. And I don't like the word should a lot, but every one of us, it isn't if what I write is the best thing in the world. It isn't if the watercolors I do on the board is the most noteworthy artwork. It isn't if I sing, I hit every note perfectly. It is the beauty and the joy of creation and that that work is my work and unique unto me. And that if we could just accept the beauty of what we've done and created instead of putting values and other things on it and let it be. And so with that in mind, I got really brave and started to write. And what did you write? I started out writing a little novella in little fiction. And 
I've had to eat my words because I've heard all these years, I don't know, this book just wanted to be written. And I always think, sure. And then I had this little book and it just wanted to be written. And my book is Finding Your Coach, Diving Deep Within, which is a three-part look at what are the traits and tendencies we have that hold us back. How do we learn and work with others? And do we know the difference between success and happiness? And do, you know we, do we know what we're looking for? Mm, I want to get my hands on that book. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I wrote it because I had all sorts of experiences. And I thought, I don't want anyone else to stub their toe. Because I stubbed my toe quite a few times. And I would like, each time we work with someone, that we get the best of it, that we take everything home from it. Mm. And so often we don't know what we're doing to hold us back. And so that was sort of the whole idea behind it. And so it may not be the most perfect. I always think there's a poem from a 17th century poetess who talks about loving her poor little misshapen creature. But it is my beautiful misshapen little creature. And I offer it to you in the hopes that it will bring you some happiness. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, for you, what, what does courage mean? Like you said to, at the beginning that courage is all about heart. But through this experience, has that changed anything for you? Was your perception of courage different then to what it is now? I like to think that perhaps my sense of courage has expanded from stepping forward when it's a disaster or an emergency is that we need to encourage and that that perhaps becomes an honor that we step into in life and that for each of us to encourage the other and that I don't want to just be brave for me or my family that if I can find a way to help others find their best, nothing would make me happier than to move into the next place of courage. stuck and overwhelmed right now and are struggling to find your courage jump over to melies.com.au to claim your free personalized insights and discover the three things you need to know to reclaim confidence joy and purpose in your life